This programme was produced at and first aired on NPR, Manawatu People's Radio, with support from New Zealand On Air. Kapai Irarangi Tomotu, NPR. Support this show and others like it by giving a donation. For more information, go to www.mpr.nz forward slash donate. Welcome to Friend of Maryland. My name is Kat Pauze, and this is a fat-friendly space. Welcome to a special compilation episode of Friend of Maryland. Instead of a brand new show this week, what you're going to get are some highlights from some of the best interviews that have been done here at Friend of Maryland over the last couple of years. Enjoy! Joining me today is Sophia, a PhD candidate at the University of Amsterdam with a focus on fat studies and a member of the group Political Fatties. Sophia, thank you so much for coming on Friend of Maryland. Thank you for having me. So tell me more about this group, Political Fatties. Um, We started this group, I think, three years ago. I'm not good with numbers. That's why I'm in the humanities. Um, We started this group um, between the Netherlands, which is where half the group was uh, at that time, and Greece, because we felt the need to both translate all the wonderful stuff we were reading from the English-speaking paradigm about fat activism and fat empowerment, but also disperse it a little bit more because our experience in both these countries was that um, fat people did not even dare utter the word fat. And it was, it is very much still a thing that um, is thrown on you and hasn't been reclaimed at all. So we really wanted something to localize all the wonderful work that is happening around the world on fat empowerment. And I know that Political Fatties was a co-host or a co-organizer of a conference earlier this year in Amsterdam, eh? Yes, we did. Um, that was uh, we did a one-day conference at the University of Amsterdam and we had a wonderful keynote speaker I don't know if uh, <laughs> our keynote speaker was Dr. Kat Jose <laughs> oh I hear she's amazing <laughs> she was amazing it was, it was incredible we miss her so yeah and we had a full, full a really full program of both workshops and panels it was it was intense it was the first fat studies related conference that I have ever attended myself and then we also had to organize it so um, jumping in and out of the role of the organizer and the um, person (laughs) was uh, intense but what what really made a big impression on me was that there was a small crowd it wasn't huge, but it was a crowd of 
however many people in the beginning and those people stayed for the entire day until the end of the conference like eight hours later and that showed how much of a need there was for this early formation of community of being in a space and openly talking about fatness and its intersection with other politics it was a really powerful moment I remember um, being there on the day and I completely agree you know it was jam-packed for sure um, but in the best possible way with the mix of talks and workshops uh, there was a fat tarot reader in the lobby <laughs> yeah. which is fantastic um, who I'm also going to get on my show so <laughs> um, yeah, we didn't get to talk a lot with Katu, but I have them on Facebook now, and I'm just in love with everything they do. Yeah, Fat Positive Belgium is pretty awesome, eh? Yeah. So tell me more um, about your research that you're doing. My, ooh, the, the question that PhD candidates dread. My research is um, what I'm trying to do is combining um, embodiment theories and specifically theories on fat embodiment with theories on crypto-colonialism and national identity and apply that to the specific example of Greece. So what I'm basically trying to do is analyze the different flavors of fat phobia and localize them uh, and localize their specific specificities in Greece. Can you hear the ambulance? Should I? <laughs> I can't. It's all right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, I got distracted. So what, what I'm seeing is that there is a specific approach to certain fat bodies, of course. Not all fat bodies have the same approach, as we know. That um, puts it at the position of the usual analysis of disgust and shame and um, um, lack of attraction. But at the same time, there is some representation in Greece that depicts fat bodies as sexualized but in an almost maternal way because they symbolize a different time for Greece, a time before modernity, a time where... where um, Greeks were more free to express their passionate nature. And um, while at the same time, my analysis says that it, one of the reasons why fatness, specifically feminine fatness, has a very particular type of hatred in Greece is at the same time because it reminds them of those times, because those, those times were the Ottoman times before Greece was an independent nation, and these are times that the Greek uh, state and the and Greek culture in general is trying very hard to forget because they want to belong to Europe. So what I'm saying a little bit, very badly right now, is that one of the aspects of hatred towards fatness in Greece is a project of, uh, of whiteness and Europeanization, Europeanization, of a desire to belong to the type of, uh, of Europe that is seen as the bearer of modernity and with that thin, healthy, athletic, productive bodies. And did I make any sense? Ah, you absolutely did. Um, I'm wondering if you think that the 
the work that you're doing and the theories that you are trying to um, explore, specifically related to Greece, do you think that they would also hold true for other uh, for other countries in in Europe as well? I think so too. Yes, I think first of all, like Greece as an example, um, is very similar to many of the countries in the Balkans. Greece is part of the Balkans, no matter how Greeks don't like admitting it sometimes. Um, I think that colonialism is not always... Um, it, there's not only one example of colonialism and colonialist um, the, um, interactions. So, for example, the kind of uh, interactions that we're talking about in Greece do not have to do with a direct relationship of colonizer and colonized. They have more to do with um, an underdog that is made part of the, the big game and enjoys all the privileges of uh, being part of um, the coalition of power but at the same time experiences a specific type of subordination to it. And I think that is something that has happened around the world in different countries, not only in Europe. It's interesting because, and this isn't my area at all, Sophia, so um, I hope I'm not just completely misrepresenting the, my limited knowledge in this topic. But it's interesting because, you know, the things that you're saying and suggesting are actually similar to some arguments scholars have made around um, the understanding of, like, fatness as, a, as an immigrant problem uh, mm -hmm. in the United States around the turn of the 20th century when groups from lots of parts of Europe weren't then coded and seen as white. Um, that are now considered white, uh, for example, so like Italians uh, and other groups like that. Um, and, and yeah, like how much around the, uh, how much around kind of the anti-immigrant sentiment was very much around not only like, do they not fit in with us and, you know, they're not like proper to be here, but so much of that was tied to, they eat differently than we do, they're, they're fat, which we aren't, you know, all this kind of really interesting stuff. So. Um, you know, you're definitely following along, uh, uh, you know, you're forging your own kind of scholastic journey, uh, but there's a lot of really good similar kind of work that's been done um, that, uh, yeah, that echoes some of the theories that you're looking at, which, you know, that's one of the things that's really cool about scholarship, in my opinion, uh, is where things kind of converge and whatnot. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I didn't come up with these ideas by myself in any way. They came through um, looking at those sources and just be also living, living, living them through my body, understanding that all the things that I was reading and I was learning, they set my body free, like literally in space, the way that I took up space and moved through space. But the way that I describe my research process is process is almost like I feel something does, doesn't fit exactly right. And this is where I look at to, to try and expand it a little bit. But it's definitely me wearing all the lovely things that 
that scholarship has already produced and seeing where there is a, a, um, yeah, a place that has a slight discomfort and then turning my attention there to see what, what, what's happening. Well, I look forward to learning more about your work as you get closer uh, to being finished and then reading about it um, at mm-hmm. some point uh, when you get it published or maybe you'll be willing to send me a copy um, of your thesis when it's done because I would definitely love to get my hands on it. Um, will it be in English? Would I be able to read it? <laughs> yeah, I'm doing it at the University of Amsterdam. Oh, so right, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Just occurred to me. I was like, oh, wait, crap. Um, I might not be cool enough to read it. <laughs> <laughs> You're always cool enough to read it, Dad. Oh, Sophia. Um, uh, listen, thank you so much for coming on the show and talking about a little bit about your activism, but even more so about your scholarship. Um, I'm so excited about the work that you're doing, and I can't wait to be able to see all of the great things that you're bringing into the new discipline that is Fat Studies. It's so exciting to have these emerging scholars like yourself involved. Thank you for having me. Bye. Bye. Joining me today is Allison, a mixed media and embroidery artist hailing from Edmonton, who uses her art to explore issues about identity, fatness, and community. Allison, thank you so much for coming on Friend of Maryland. Thanks so much for having me. I'm really happy to be here. So how long have you been an artist or how long have you been artistic? Well, that one is my whole life. So I've been an artist and I've said I wanted to be an artist since I was a child. However, I didn't actually think that that would be a real thing. And now here I am. (laughs) (laughs) But I mean, like, how great is that when that happens though, right? Yeah. Yeah. um, I tried to get away from it for a while and it didn't work. (laughs) When, when for you, like, have, so you've always wanted to be an artist. You've always been very artistic. Um, Has your art always kind of centered around identity, fatness, or community, or did that kind of come later? That did come later. So I um, I have a Bachelor of Fine Arts degree from the University of Alberta here. Uh, and I did my degree mostly um, in painting. We, I didn't really ever specify a real major. But um, for the majority of my, I actually did five years for my degree. For the majority of my five years, I was an abstract painter. And uh, it wasn't until the last, like, year of my degree, maybe maybe year and a half, that I actually started um, working with themes about bodies and feminism and like, what does it mean to be a woman and what does it mean to be attractive or desired and all of these different themes uh, started coming up. And I actually started incorporating embroidery at that point because that was always a hobby of mine, but I started mixing it in with my actual art process uh, and yeah, I, I changed my whole body of work to focus on these topics of, of women and, again, desirability and beauty norms and the value of that. Um, and it took a long time after graduating. So I graduated from the BFA program in 2008. 
and I didn't actually start practicing significantly as an artist. Like I was still making things in that interim period, but and uh, in, in about 2017 is when I started putting all of my like full-time energy into art and uh, made it into a career. However, uh, there were some projects along the way that uh, started before that as well, too. Allison, do you think that you've become, like, did it change your art? Like, do you think you became a different kind of artist when you started focusing um, around those issues specifically? Or was it just an extension of taking your artistic tools into a, di a direction that was um, very personal and also very political for you. Yeah, it, it did change things significantly. I, uh, I actually spoke about this. I, uh, I'm in a group show here in Edmonton right now uh, called Making a Career in Craft, uh, which is at the Alberta Craft Council Gallery. And um, I, the piece I have in there is, talks a little bit about or I talk a little bit about the process of becoming the artist I am today and that was in that last year of my university I really took a big risk in sort of dropping what was working for me as far as my grades uh, the abstract painting I was doing okay with but I didn't feel passionate about it and changing to focus on these issues that weren't as as easy, it's not easy to be an artist in any way, but it was harder for me to do it this way. And um, uh, I, that really made me into a stronger artist, although it also was a lot harder and more challenging. <laughs> uh, I really think that it's impacted the way I am today and then the art I'm making today and the career I've made, which, uh, yeah, it, it's influenced everything. So uh, it's changed everything significantly and if I hadn't made that choice I think it would have been a very different person here today too. What kind of um, you know feedback do you get with the work <laughs> that you do and does do you find that it kind of varies by like the community that is yes. giving you that feedback? Yeah so I just finished a year-long residency at Harcourt House which is an artist-run center here in Edmonton and I created a body of work um, that was fo focusing on um, language and fatness specifically. So it was collecting stories and anecdotes from people in the fat community about experience, negative experiences they've had with language about their bodies or a fatness in general. And it, it was a really, really vulnerable and very upsetting um, body of work, but it was really, really powerful. Um, and the feedback I got on that was just astounding. I was really, really nervous because it was bringing this issue, which I have spoken at length about to within social justice circles, but it was bringing it out of that into the art community. And that was, I was like, oh God, what are they going to think? And everybody was really supportive. Um, I really got, I had a full house of people on my opening reception night, which was amazing. And yeah, I just, I got some powerful feedback about how, you know, people felt seen and they, you know, they recognized that other people had gone through the same thing or some of them were, again, people that weren't fat and 
were like, yeah, you know, I know this person who struggled and I feel really like strongly that this is so important or like I didn't hear a lot of the I didn't know I did this, but I did, which was I, ho I was hoping for. But um, it was still, I think, really, I think it was there. So, um, yeah, that was really positive. However, the, the feedback hasn't always been positive. <laughs> when I uh, here we in in 2016, I put out a body positive uh, fat activism coloring book uh, called Body Love, a fat activism coloring book, and uh, that one I had a rad time with. It's full of rad fatties who are doing really cool work in various fields like fashion and art and you know uh, what else do I have in there? I modeling all sorts of things. And, um, yeah, I had a blast with that, but I was faced with a number of <laughs> very angry people because I had done this. Um, and there was, there was a whole, like, blog post about how horrible the coloring book is and how horrible I am and how I'm, you know, all of that blah, 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 glorifying the O words and all all jazz so but uh i felt like at least that made it look it made it clear to me that i was doing the right thing so if i was making them mad the the super conservative angry you know people who hate fat people then they can be mad well and and that particular piece like that particular product or output or like whatever we're gonna call it um that actually got quite a bit of uh attention like in terms what? of you know i remember seeing like you know people writing about it for like relatively mainstream yeah um, you know, online magazines and, and, yeah uh, so um you know i think the the amount of trolling that you get yeah i think the amount of trolling you get is often in relation to just how visible <laughs> you are how visible yeah. a, a project is so um i love that 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 coloring book. I'm a big fan of fat positive coloring books and uh, I have quite a few of them. I even, um, as you already know, because I asked your permission, I wrote a, an article, a, a scholarly journal article about them a couple of years ago um, yeah. for a, a, a visual cultural um, scholarly press in Germany. Uh, and yours was one of the ones. I mean, I I, I talked about, I, I illustrated the piece with all of the ones that I could find. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and yours was one of them. So, uh, I loved that, and um, I like that it's uh, become, like, in vogue for me to color again as an adult. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I appreciate that. I like a good coloring session. At the moment, actually, I'm working through this um, this uh, Pusheen coloring book that's, like, this mini one. Yeah. Like, size of my hand. Like, it's tiny, but it's, like, the perfect size for me to sit here at my, you know, yeah. at my dining room table if I want to color and just have a <laughs> have a little yeah. go with some fat cats yeah. um so Allison what's uh I mean congratulations on just coming off that residency I'm sure that was an amazing yeah. experience it was. well what does the like what do you kind of have like coming forward in the future like what are some things that um you're looking forward to yeah so I'm I'm 
again, uh, we're hoping to, to release a sequel to the Body Love Coloring Book. Hey. Um, the idea is to be queer body love, so it would be all fat, uh, 2STLGBQIA uh, plus folks uh, who need, again, I think we need to center some of these folks a little bit more, so I wanted to share the queer body love as well and make sure that we're honoring our bodies in all of their diversity and making sure that we know that it's not just white cis het people that are allowed to be fat. Everyone is as that well. Yeah, oh, that sounds, yeah. That sounds amazing. Um, I'm stoked. Yeah. Like if I had, uh, I don't, I'm not artistic <laughs> like at all. Um, or like crafty, you know, those just are not, you know, skills or talents that I have and stuff. Um, but like, I would so love to see, and this isn't me like trying to pitch you and tell you, you should do this, no but problem. I would so love to see like something kind of that's like that, you know, that's whimsical and, but also about bringing attention that specifically like only looks at fat people from like the global South. Um, mm -hmm. Because I think that that's one of the things that we so often, those of us kind of more in the mainstream fat activism community, like that's where we really fall down. Like, you yeah. know, we, we're, we've gotten a little bit better, you know, around other kind of issues around intersectionality in terms of, yeah, it's not always just white, cis, um, you know, femme kind of women, uh, yeah. although it still often is. Yeah, um, absolutely. And yeah, I fall into so that. It's rare if it's not oh, the global yeah. north. Yeah. Sorry, you still there? Yeah, I'm here. I lost you. Yeah, I was just saying, I, I fall into that ca category of whites, uh, cis, uh, and femme myself. So, I again, I really want to be aware of my own privileges and sharing uh, what platform I have with other people who also deserve to be heard. So that's what I, I, I try to center, at least in the work I do. Which is very cool. So, Allison, if there are people listening who are interested in um, following your work, supporting you, maybe getting their hands on a, a coloring book or a zine or something to that effect, um, how can they find you? Uh, yeah, I'm on social media. I am on Instagram and Facebook and sometimes Twitter. I'm not really active there, but it's there. And, yeah, you can usually find me under my, my just my full name, which is Allison Tunis. And, uh, yeah, that's my handle for most of my things. I also have a website, which is www.allisontunis, A-L-L-I-S-O-N-T-U-N-I-S.com. Uh, yeah, and I try to keep it updated. I'm really the most active on Instagram because I'm a big picture freak. So I like to post pics of all the crafts and, you know, art stuff that I'm making. So that's the best place to, I think, follow me. Uh, the coloring books are currently available uh, in a couple stores locally in Edmonton, but online uh, on the evil, sorry, Amazon. So, uh, yeah, they're available on Amazon pretty much worldwide, and it's the Body Love coloring book, a uh, fat activism coloring book, yes. so Awesome. Well, Allison, thank you so much for coming on the show today. It's been such a treat to chat with you. Well, thank you so much for having me. I appreciate you and all the work you're doing, and it's pretty cool to be up here uh, chatting with you again I, I sometimes think <laughs> over in the middle of the prairies that it's pretty lonely for our fat group out here 
and uh, we like to connect with other people. So I'm I'm pretty happy that we're able to do that through this Oof. as well. Yeah, as someone who's down in the bottom of the world in New Zealand, I can oh, very yeah. much appreciate um, <laughs> the the sense of like there's like nobody else. So yeah, I, I get I, that, I, and that's a big reason why I do my show for sure. Absolutely, yeah, that's great. Thanks for listening to another episode of Friend of Maryland. Friend of Maryland is brought to you by Manawatu People's Radio, triple nine a.m. If you'd like to contact the show with questions, comments, concerns, or suggestions for topics or guests, you can email us at friendofmaryland at AOL.com. You can also find us on Twitter, Tumblr, Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram. If you're a fan of NPR, listening to our podcasts and live stream has never been easier. Just search for accessmedia.nz on the App Store or Google Play and download the app with the Kiwi Fruit logo. Once you've got it, pick Manawatu People's Radio from the list of stations and go find your new favourite show.